start the official way. Let's get it in. <sighs> you ready? Welcome, world, to another episode of Citus Moonstar Livestocks Podcast. Hmm. Strengthen your strengths, educate your weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. We have a special guest today in the house. We ain't going to discuss it on there. Yeah, we're going to discuss it on there. Uh, uh, ma'am, would you like to introduce yourself? You got it. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> we got uh, Jessica Maynard. Maynard? Mayle. See what I'm saying? See Mayol. how I get it wrong? <laughs> Mayle? Yeah. yeah. We got Jessica Mayle in the room. Hmm. Uh, she's a trainer. Um, what else can I say about you? You're just a, you're a trainer. Yeah, I'm an athletic trainer. Graduate assistant? No, I'm a graduate student. I have one year me. left. Okay. Excuse me. Were you getting done. it in? What college is this at? University of Houston. Go Cougs. Okay, go Cougs. Shout out to my cousin, Elijah. He just committed. Hopefully he <laughs> he does something when he gets there. Yeah, um, yeah so we got Jessica Mayo, um, trainer, hard worker, uh, we're gonna get into this because we wanna we wanna dive into the psyche of a of an aspiring trainer and yeah. figure out you know how you wanna maximize your worth in that field and you know let's see let's go um, question number one when did you begin to train what what grade was this how old were you um, I started as a sophomore in high school. Um, and I got involved because my, um, one of my older cousins had taken it as an elective, um, and she really showed, you know, a big interest in it and, you know, being interested in human anatomy and how the body works. Um, you know, I definitely thought that it was something that I should look into. And so I did. And, you know, that's kind of where it started. And then I went to a junior college. I thought that my degree was going to be in nursing, but I got an opportunity to do athletic training again. And I really had enjoyed it in that setting in high school. And so I I continued my education, um, and then that's when I transferred to the University of Houston for my undergrad okay. and continued, you know, doing athletic training there. And then we actually just got a program for Masters of Athletic Training, so it's a fairly new program. Um, and so it was just the perfect pathway for me to continue my education and allow me to get my certification and my licensure in athletic training. Okay, okay, that's cool. Um, that sounds very productive yeah. as well. Like you are on it year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, on the grind. Gotcha. What I want to know is, do you apply the things you've learned about the body to your own lifestyle? I try to. Um, I probably don't as much as I should. Um, you know, I'm always practicing. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily practice what I preach to my athletes, and that's definitely something that I'm trying to get better at. Um, but, you know, there are things that I've learned about, you know, nutrition or just how the body works and different things that, you know, we have to do in order to maintain a healthy lifestyle. So I'm trying to get better at those things, but my education has definitely allowed me to, um, you know, apply those certain things to my lifestyle as well. Okay. Um, are you looking to, I mean, let's just say we, we, we're speaking on maximum outcomes, you know, like what you would want idealistically with all these questions. Mm-hmm. So would you rather be um, running independent practice in the sense of just doing private training 
or would you rather be a part of like a, a big professional organization? Hmm. Um, honestly, so I've had a lot of different opportunities going throughout the master's program that I'm in currently. And it's just really given me a lot of opportunity to experience different avenues of athletic training. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, you know, we actually had an administration class and one of our projects was to create our own business. And so, you know, that's something that I've always thought that, you know, I may want to do one day is open up my own sports medicine clinic. So that's definitely, you know, a goal for me. And I definitely think that that's something that I would like to do. Um, but one of my biggest goals ever since I was in high school was, you know, I wanted to be training for the NFL. That's definitely one of my aspirations. And, you know, okay. that's definitely something that I'm working towards doing. Okay. So, so your target job first and foremost would be for an NFL organization. And yeah. then after that, you take it into a new frontier or remain there. But your main focus professionally would be for working for a football team, basically. Yeah, I mean, football is one of my favorite sports. I definitely mm -hmm. like basketball. I mean, I like all sports, and I think that that's another reason why it pushed me into this type of career because it allowed me to be around sports, you know, the sports that I enjoy being around, watching, um, but also being able to learn the different dynamic of how the body functions to be able to produce these certain movements and do these things, you know. So I definitely think that that's why I'm in this career path. Um, but, you know, I definitely think that one day that, you know, being able to work up to that competitive, that, you know, that level, that different, you know, it's, it's completely different from high school and it's mm. completely different from a college, you know, it's just a different competitive level. Um, it's also just a different maturity level, but you see a lot of different things, you know, and so I definitely think that that is something that I want to do. That's something that, um, I'm very driven towards doing. And I know it's hard for me to do as a female, but you know, that's definitely a goal for me, and I definitely think that that's something that I can do. Mm. So, collegiately, right? Mm -hmm. I tear my ACL. Mm -hmm. I'm on the field. What are, What are you saying to me when you walk out there? What are you saying to me? One is to check on you, you know, make sure, you know, you're responding, you're being able to act me. And my main focus is to be able to get you calm because the first initial thing for you is you have a lot of things running through your head. You're going to going through a little bit of shock. So, mm -hmm. you know, I have to be able to kind of calm you down in that situation and be mm -hmm. able to get the best feedback from you. So I have to be able to, you know, understand what's going on. Is it your ankle? Is it your shoulder? Is it your head? Is it your knee? You know, what's going on? So I have to be able to calm you down to a point to where you can kind of exactly describe what happened. Obviously, I'm watching the game. So I'm watching the play. I, I, I probably saw you plant and twist and saw what happened mm -hmm. and have an idea of what's in my head. But, mm -hmm. you know, your feedback, you can only tell me what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's your symptoms. I can't tell you what you're feeling and the, where the pain's right, coming right, from. Right, so. Right. Um, definitely assessing that and then, you know, probably taking you off the field and doing an evaluation to, you know, kind of put what I saw in perspective and kind of trying to rule out different things and figuring out what the injury actually is. Okay, so, okay, that's the initial moment. So let's talk about the rehab process. Mm -hmm. um, is this more of just being a, a motivator psychologically or is it a lot of... Um, uh, physical uh, lessons taking place on your part of teaching the athlete. I think it's a. I think it's both for sure. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I have to be able to encourage that athlete. You know, when you get injured, you get a little bit discouraged. You know, and you also think like, am I going to be back on the field playing the sport that I love? And I'm. Am I going to be the same athlete that mm -hmm. I was the Sorry, day before I got injured? You know, so I have to be able to encourage them and motivate them to get back to that same position. But at the same time, I have to be able to educate you on the different 
different things that we need to do to strengthen those ligaments, that muscle structure around that joint or whatever it is that you hurt. So I have to be able to educate you on what it is that we need to do. Um, and I have to, you know, encourage that rehab, you know, protocol, those exercises. So that way we can get back to that main goal. Right. Because you want to keep them uh, given a, a, a full effort, right, on, on recovery. Because if they come in down and they won't, they might not. Right. They're probably not going to perform at their best potential or they're not going to give it their all, you know, and in order for them to get back to that, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that you have to fight through. You're going to have to fight through that pain. Yes, it hurts, but, you know, you have to fight through those things Mm -hmm. in order for us to, you know, strengthen and regain your balance and be able to do all of the things that we need to do in order to get you back on the field. Before I can send you back on the field, I have to make sure that you are 100 percent ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Is it family friendly being a trainer? Is that a family friendly career? You know? Um, I mean, I definitely would say I put in a lot of hours and it definitely takes away from my family. You know, it definitely takes away from my personal life. So, you know, I put in a lot of hours. I mean, if you think about it, I have to be there before the athletes are there and preparation for any type of, you know, pre-practice treatments. Um, I'm there the whole time during a a practice or a game. And then I'm there afterwards doing, you know, post-treatment. So um, I'm definitely putting in a lot of hours, which definitely takes away from my family. But I think it's also... um, up to that, you know, individual to be able to make time for the things that are important for you. Mm. All right. Mark, you got anything to say? Um, well, I wanted to go back to the original question when y'all were talking about the um, the NFL, and I wanted to know who would you ultimately want to work for? Um, being a native of Houston, um, I definitely would like to work for the Houston Texans. That's, you know, a goal of mine. I, I, I love the city that I'm from, and, you know, um, if I could represent my city and be able to work with, you know, a, an amazing, you know, NFL team like the Texans, I think that would be a great opportunity. And why why do you say the Texans? Because you've just been here um, I mean, Houston has a lot of opportunity. There's there's so many great things about Houston. It's a big city. I mean, we have one of the largest medical centers down here, so I'm able to interact with a lot of different healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to gain more knowledge from them through my, you know, exposure you know, through different injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, I, I am aware of the opportunity here in Houston. And so I think that that's something that's always kept me here in Houston, along with my family being here and, you know, the fact that I'm very family oriented. So, you okay. know, being around my family is definitely something that I would love to do. Okay. 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 So I have to touch on this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we both know, I mean, when you get an interview, people don't want to say it, but it's, it's somewhat a superficial process. You know, if somebody's interviewing you, they, they can take on, you know, what, what you're telling them as far as your internal thoughts and ideas and mm-hmm. approach, but they can't, the, the person can't interview can't act action. like they can't see you. Yeah. Uh-huh. They see you. You can't just show up to an interview and some bullshit that, you know, attire and think you're going to be the leading candidate. Or if it's uh, the face of a company, they want you to actually have, a, you know, uh, an attractive face. Mm-hmm. So my point is, from a superficial perspective, do you feel that 
you as a young lady and your looks, is that a, a strength or a weakness in you getting hired by one of these professional teams? Um, I mean, first and foremost, definitely anytime you meet somebody, regardless of your appearance, I mean, well, regardless of what you look like, your appearance is going to be judged in the first 10 seconds that you meet somebody. I'm going to size you up in the first 10 seconds. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a female in a male-dominated sport is definitely something that I have to, you know, always work at. And I always have to, I'm always challenged with that. So, you know, I'm constantly having to push myself and prove myself in my actions that I am capable of doing the job that I do. And, you know, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, people see me and, you know, they they wonder, you know, how I'm in this business and why I'm in this business. And, you know, it's up to me to be able to prove not only in my actions, but in my words as well that, you know, I'm in here for the right reasons. And, you know, I have to be able to gain the confidence and trust of my superiors, my colleagues, you know, my athletes, so that way they know that I am capable of getting the job done. Okay, so basically you're more than equipped to, you know, do the task at hand. Right. But you deal with constant tests or things, you you know, things you have to overcome due to being a la- young lady? Most definitely. And especially okay. being around a sport like football, you know, that's a male-dominated sport. You know, there's no way around that. All, most of my coaches are all males. Most of my strength and conditioning coaches are all males. And some of the, um, you know, my colleagues are males as well, you know, and mm. especially being a male to be able to go in the locker room and help out before games and things like that. That's something that they have over me, but I wouldn't say that that takes away from my capabilities and, you know, things that I'm able to to do, you know, yeah. obviously someone's going to look at me and be like, hmm, you know, be a little hesitant at first, but it's up to me to be able to prove them wrong. And that's a challenge that I face every single day. And, you know, that's what pushes me and that's what motivates me because mm. I love to prove people wrong, you know? Mm. So, okay. Um, that's, that, that's what drives you. I wouldn't say that that's the only thing that drives me. I mean, mm-hmm. it does it does definitely push me because, you know, I know that I have to work 10 times harder to gain that trust and confidence of the people around me. But, you know, one of the things that drives me is just my passion for the sport, but passion for what it is that I do. I mean, the most rewarding thing for me is being able to see an athlete go through an injury and being able to rehabilitate them and get them back on the field playing the sport that it is they that they love to do, you know, with mm. without me being able to do that and motivate them and encourage them, you know, and getting them back to that sport, where would they be? So, you know, that's definitely what, you know, drives me and what my passion is, is being able to, you know, get them back on the field doing what they love to do. So let's say you have a season, a full season. This may, this is unrealistic. (laughs) One injury. Is that a success to you? One injury? Just one injury. You don't, you, you don't really... Have to deal with any uh, any rehab. I know this is a fantasy, but yeah, how would you say, how would you feel about realistic. that? Yeah, how um, would you feel well, about that? But Before, having one injury, what throughout a whole season? I mean, zero injuries. How many injuries normally occur? To be quite honest, I don't really think I could really give you a number because it really just depends. It really depends on the intensity of the athletes that they're going at, the amount of, um, you know, competition level that they're playing at and, you know, who they're playing against. And, you know, is it a big game? Is it a rival game? Is it a bowl game? You know, so you have different intensities at different levels. And, you know, depending on if you're playing against a rival school as well, you know, you're going to come out playing a little bit harder. Right. So, you know, it really just depends. And, you know, you really don't think 
think, I mean, obviously we can do the best that we can to be able to prevent any injuries. You know, that's, that's my job as well to be able to prevent injuries by making sure that they're properly hydrated, that they're probably, you know, warmed up before they go out and play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, they've been, you know, conditioned to, you know, be able to go out there and run for long times. Um, so, you know, it's part of my job to be able to try and prevent those injuries. But at the end of the day, I really can't say that, you know, there aren't going to be accidents and things yeah. aren't going to happen, you know. So I really don't know if I can give you a number. Um, it really just depends. You know, you're going to have a certain amount of injuries, you know, no matter Regardless. what, even if you try to prevent it, you know, yeah. things just things happen. Yeah. So my thing is, do you need injuries to be satisfied with your job? Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not just sitting there watching a sport, like hoping somebody mm -hmm. gets hurt. So I have something to do, you know, um, regardless if, if somebody's getting hurt, you, you, you deal with other issues. You know, I have to make sure that people are properly hydrated. I have to, you know, make sure that people are properly warmed up before they go out there, um, and perform the tasks at hand. Um, so, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm just looking for an injury. It's also being able to, you know, supervise and make sure that every Everything is safe around. I mean, I also have to be able to watch the playing field and make sure that there aren't any obstacles that can get in the way that can cause an accident. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I was just saying that due to, you know, you saying that's the ultimate, how can I put it, uh, reward yeah. is seeing an athlete, you know, come from an injury and rehabbing. So I would look at it like you, you feel ultimately rewarded when an athlete basically is hurt and overcomes that that hurt right I mean I definitely get what you're saying but I think that you know the rewarding part for me is being able to influence somebody and make a difference and that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to get injured in order for me to do that you know mm -hmm. by being um you know having that great relationship with my athletes to be able to you know allow them to have trust in me regardless mm -hmm. of what it is you know I have athletes that come and talk to me about different things going on maybe you know school is hard for them or you know there's things going on with their family you know it's not necessarily just injuries so to be able to show that you know I'm there for them I, I am another um, ear that they can you know talk to whenever there are things going on I mean those are things that affect them when they're out there playing the game you so know? just to be an impact right. in, in the athletes sure. lives okay okay that's cool um so how long what's What's your ultimate longevity within this field? What, how many years would you say? I mean, I really can't tell you how long I plan to be in this business because mm -hmm. I really, I really don't know. I mean, um, I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I, I do. And, you know, I, I don't see me stopping anytime soon. That's for mm -hmm. sure. It's, you know, obviously once I have a family, I'll probably have to slow down a little bit. Um, but you know, like one of my, my great mentors and one of my head athletic trainers now that I work with, and the man's 69 years old and he loves what he does. And, you know, he's driven every single day to go out there and be the best that he can be. And he's an amazing role model. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I definitely look up to him for that. So I can't really mm -hmm. put a time frame on how long I'm going to be in it. You know, I really don't know. Okay. Well, that's the passion. Yeah, I understand that. But you, you don't have any aspirations as far as years. You're just going at it and... 
I'm just going where the opportunity you presents You plan to itself. make a life of it. I most definitely. I mean, I definitely have. I've done athletic training for 10 years now. So, um, you know, I really can't put a time frame on how long I'm going to be in it. You know, obviously different opportunities will come my way. Different doors will open, um, you know, and I'll be able to see a lot of different things and gain more knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I never know when I'm going to be able to call it quits. And okay. we'll see. So a after a long day training, doing your job. What you listening to? What's the playlist? What's the post-work playlist? What's that looking like? I mean, I listen to a lot of different things, you know, from Houston. So I listen to a lot of Houston people. Mm -hmm. I definitely like Boosie. I think mm -hmm. we've talked about that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I guess it really just depends on my mood. I like a, a whole lot of different artists. I like Future. I like The Weeknd. You know, I like some Beyonce. You know, it really just depends on what I'm feeling at that moment. No country, though. I'm really not a country fan, and that's crazy because I'm from Texas. My mom loves country, and so I listen to it. It's not that I don't listen to it. I mean, I hear it. I listen to it. My friends listen to it. But is that something that I'm going to be, you know, like, oh, what's my go-to? Oh, let me put on some country. Probably not. And you mentioned a family. You 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 want to have a family. Of course. How many kids you looking at? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I thought about, like, three to four. Three? She's trying to have a small tribe. Back to back. Every other year. Every <laughs> I really, I really. It's just a number, I huh? I really don't know. I don't know. Part. Obviously, I want him to be close in age. I mean, I have an yeah. older brother, and me and him are three years apart, and I think that that's great. Um, I want them to be close in age so they can, you know, interact. They can do things together. They can go to school together. But I again, fucking hate that I think close in age. I think it's going to depend on, you know, where I am after I graduate and what my career is and, you know, what the time um, allows for. Yeah. Okay. So the career comes before the kids? I mean, I need to be able to establish myself in a career so that way I can provide for my children and my okay. family. I don't I don't want to feel like I'm not bringing something to the table. You know, I've worked this hard, and, you know, I want to be able to have something to show for it. I want to be able to provide for my family and my yeah. children. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that close shit, man, I hate that, man. My, yeah. my brother is like a year and some change younger than me. Mm -hmm. Too damn close for my comfort. Why? But that was just like, what if you had a just-in-case moment in high school or something, y'all had to jump the bully? I just say, well, he was cool. He was a cool little bro. Yeah. I just say it just being the oldest, I had a lot of, res you know, responsibilities in True. the sense of leading by example. Oh, yeah. And shit. I'm like, nigga, we damn near the same age. <laughs> <laughs> like, you learning while I'm learning. Some shit you beat me to. Yeah, yeah. You know, just from being so close. So mm -hmm. I had did certain fuck-ups that... Didn't Couldn't really. come back from. I'm gonna yeah. say that I learned from my brother's mistakes. You know, See. when I was a, a freshman in high school, he was a senior. So some of the things he was going through and experiencing, I had to learn the hard way. And I got you know certain kind of restrictions put on me, curfews, things like that, because yeah. you know I definitely wasn't able to follow in his footsteps to some extent. But you know, I definitely look up to my brother because my brother is an amazing role model. Mm, okay, that's good. Shout out to your brother then. Yeah. So you was out thugging it. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like. <laughs> okay, so you of age Cougs. Tell me how did it feel to go through that, that magical run last year? 
That was a great season. How did it, it feel was. Um, to be a part it w- of that? It was great. I wish I was more involved with it um, mm-hmm. like I was an undergrad. You know, my first year in this master's program, I wasn't necessarily rotating with them. You know, we go through um, different seven-week rotations, and, you know, I had the opportunity to work with Rice Football. I worked with the University of St. Thomas. I worked with Dawson High School. Um, and then I went back to U of H football and spring ball. So I wasn't actually there for the season, but, you know, I definitely represent for my school. Yeah. And and, you know, I definitely went to as many games as I was able to go to. Um, and, you know, I definitely am very proud of all of the athletes that, you know, um, I got to work with. You know, I worked with them in undergrad. I worked with football for two years. So a lot of those um, football players that I worked with were still there and they were still, you know, running last season. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was very proud of them. Well, yeah, that ward, he, he's a Definitely when we went to the bowl game, you know, we believe for today. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, Florida State, that's my school. No nation, stand up. But now that my cousin is a coog. You got a rep. I can take a less of a deep breath uh-huh. on them kicking our ass last year. But yeah. it's it all good. It it's a nice, nice way to rub it in. It's all good. <laughs> Hopefully y'all go undefeated again and we go undefeated again. And the, the Kim Folk, I love you, man, but hopefully we kick y'all ass. Nah, not gonna happen. In a a rematch. Not gonna happen. Could you see yourself being an AD? Not saying that that's one of your goals, but could you see yourself being an AD? Mm, Athletic director for the listeners out there that may not know. I mean, I really, I I don't know. Um, That's not really something that I've ever thought about. Could an athletic trainer be an athletic director? Of course they could. I mean, they're definitely right there in the scene um, just as much as an athletic director was. So they know the ins and outs. They interact with the coaches. They interact with the athletes. They Mm -hmm. interact with the, um, you know, counselors, the advisors. You know, they interact with all of those people. So, you know, I definitely think that an athletic trainer could be an athletic director. Is that something that I really saw for myself? That's not really something that I've thought about. Um, Could it be a possibility? Maybe later on down the road, I don't know what doors are going to open for me. You know, I'm just kind of pushing forward and seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and I, I could see you uh, being an athletic director if you wanted to be. Um, one thing I never really hear a lot is, is trainers, you know, training boxers. You know, just looking out for the... They hire, you know, specialists to come in and they pay them, you know, in between fights, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep them right. But I don't hear that as like a um, a, a desire for most trainers. It's all, it's mostly a team uh, a team goal. You know, they want to be a part of a team. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. I would say that you know it. It kind of depends on the individual, and I think that you know some people do love that team aspect, but mm-hmm. some people do like um, a smaller role where they are a personal athletic trainer. You know, and so you have to think about the difference from a personal trainer and athletic trainer. So obviously, um, and a fighter or a boxer is going to have their personal trainer, right? But they still need somebody to be able to make sure that their body is at you know, the best that it can be um, and that they're performing, you know, at the best that they can be and that, you know, their health and their well-being is um, 
top of, you know, top of the line for sure. So I think it definitely depends on the individual. You know, there are some athletic trainers that I'm with that want to work smaller sports. You know, they like to work with tennis. Tennis is kind of a one-on-one, you know, nobody else is going out there unless you're doing doubles match and things like that. Um, So I guess it kind of just depends on the athletic trainer. Obviously for me, I enjoy a team sport, um, but there are athletic trainers out there that like individual sports and like that one-on-one because, you know, you build a different kind of relationship with, you know, that athlete. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it looks like is pretty much doing the team job, except every day you're showing up to this one athlete, injury right. or no injury. Right. You're right there to check on them. And um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, especially for the athlete. That's that's great. You know that you have somebody to be able to depend on at no matter, you know, what time of the day. You know, if you need to come in, get treatment, or you need to come in um, and do some rehabilitation exercises, you have your personal um, athletic trainer, and I think that that's a great thing. So, you know, there's definitely people out there. You probably don't see it or hear about it as much as you would with a team sport. Um, they're probably a little bit more involved with a team sport um, because you need that kind of influence. But, you know, I definitely think that the benefit for a boxer or somebody like that is that they have that access to that one person whenever they need them and they don't have to worry about it. You know, with a team sport, if I'm dealing with one athlete and another athlete needs me, you know, I kind of have to manage my time. Yeah, what I've noticed is the trainers for individual athletes, and it's still a team. I keep saying team, but it's still a team. You know, a boxer feels as though that's his team. It's just so right, small. Right, right. Um, I've noticed that within the Olympics, you know, like uh, whether you're doing field events and you mm-hmm. have a trainer, whether you track and field, you know, just track and field. Mm-hmm. And boxers, I've noticed that those trainers are more independent in their, in their hustle, mm-hmm. you know, which it looks as though they, you know, they come out with a, a pretty penny. They make yeah. they make a nice a, a nice lump sum per client. You know, uh, the guy. What is the annual salary of a trainer? Well, the guy that was training uh, Pacquiao, he was on Pacquiao's team, mm-hmm. and he basically was giving him these supplements that damn near got him, you know, juiced up. Juiced up. Pacquiao fired him for you know damage control. Right. Mayweather hired the dude. He paid this dude two million. Hmm. Just to, just to, for one fight. Yeah, I think million. I think that could be a difference too. You know, I really, I guess I haven't really looked at um, the difference in pay for. Um, it, I mean, I guess it just depends on the athlete that you're training as well. I mean, True. somebody like Mayweather, obviously, they're gonna be able to say that this is what I'm gonna pay you, and this is what I expect from you. I need you at this time, and I need to be able to call you at any time. And if I need a massage or I need this, you know, I need to be able to know that. I can count on you. Mm-hmm. When you're at a team setting, obviously it's going to be a little bit different because, you know, I have to be able to share my time equally with everybody. And, you know, one, one of my really good friends works with track and field. Um, and I know that, you know, as much as she spends time with each of her athletes, yes, it's a team sport, but at the end of the day, I mean, only one of us is running the long jump. Only one of us is doing high jump. Only one of us is pole vaulting. You know, obviously all of those points go together for our team, but, you know, individually, I'm the one competing for that one event. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that, you know, she spends time with all of them and she does what she needs to do to be able to make sure that all of them are each, you know, individually ready for you know, their individual events. Okay. Mm. 
would you consider yourself to be a master of your field? Mm. I heard the 10 years, you know, you said you got 10 years in, so... I've learned a lot, and I've been very fortunate to work with all different kinds of sports. You know, we've been talking about football, but, you know, I've worked with basketball. I've worked with tennis. I work with volleyball. I worked with track and field. Um, I've worked with a lot of different sports, baseball. So I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of sports, so I've been able to see a lot of different injuries, you know, that come with that, you know, upper extremity, lower extremity. I've been able to see all of those things, so I'm very fortunate for that. But I think that, you know, in order for me to be perfect at my craft, I have to be able to continue to grow and to learn and push myself outside of my comfort zone because I don't think that I'll truly ever, you know, I don't think I'll truly ever be a, a, a master. Obviously, I, I work hard to, you know, get to that level and I work hard to be able to have those kind of qualities to have the trust and confidence of my athletes and you know everybody that I work with but you know I think I always am constantly there's always new material coming out that I can educate myself on there's always things that I can learn to be better at no matter how big or small the task I have to be willing to you know learn and educate myself on the new modalities coming out the different techniques coming out you know I can always be better so I wouldn't say that I'm a master yeah I have a lot of experience and I have a lot of years under my belt, but I can always be better. And I think that that's what I'm trying to do by going through this master's program that's going to allow me to get my licensure and um, certification as an athletic trainer. Yeah, that's going to be another notch in my belt and that's going to be another, you know, great goal that I accomplished for myself, but I can always be better in my craft. And that's definitely something that I have to, you know, continue to push myself to do. Okay. So you don't think you could be a master due to the fact that there's always new knowledge to obtain within your field that's your reasoning for thinking you cannot be a master I mean I don't think I I don't think that I would necessarily put a title on it you know obviously I can be good at what I do you know I can be very knowledgeable about the things that I can do you know and I can I can be a great taper I can be great at treating ankle injuries and know how to treat an ankle injury and get them back like that you know I can know the exercises that I need to do to strengthen those muscles and you know to be able to do all of that you know I can be great at all of those things but I think all of that you know has to play a part in coming together um and making me who I am but at the same time there's always going to be something else out there. There's always going to be something else that I can do to be better. You know, I don't think mm. I'm always, I don't think I'm ever going to reach a point where I hit a baseline and there's nothing else that I can do to improve. I think I can always continue to improve in my craft. Right. I mean, um, within anything, there's always room for improvement right. in any field in life. Right. But you can still be a master. Sure. You can still uh, put on a masterful I think she's just coming from the, uh, the book knowledge version. You know, like the entrepreneur that you never just want to stop learning. Right. Yeah, I think that's course. what she's saying. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying like, every, I mean, like, every, every, like, every master thinks like that. At the end of the day, you're, a, you're, you're, you're a top dog, but you kind of like in yourself you just don't want to think of it that way you just want I mean, to continue to I guess that's just part child. of you know my personality and part of kind of how I am I definitely think I'm good at what I do you know mm-hmm. um I think that you know there are some skills that I am I'm pretty I'm pretty good at you know um and I I commend myself and I'm pretty proud of myself for being able to achieve the things that I have and in the skills that I've been able to achieve thus far but can I always continue to improve those things yeah I mean can I 
can I tape an ankle phenomenally? Yeah. Can I, can I do it in a timely manner? Of course. Can I get faster at it? Most definitely. Can I, can I improve the way that I tape? Of course. You know, I can always be better, but I think that, you know, for the things that I've learned thus far in the 10 years that I've put in, yeah, I would say that, you know, I am pretty good. You know, I, I would think that, you know, some of my athletes could probably um, say the same things about me and be like, you know, Jessica knows what she's doing. She, she's she got it down packed. But like I said, you know, and, I, and it doesn't mean to be textbook, she's but, you know, be, I'm just saying I can always be better. She's humble about it. I'm going to just say it. <laughs> she has the 10,000 hours that you're saying. Right. She's a master. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, um, the Rockets trainer, the black guy, uh, Jones, What's his name? Something Jones. Uh, he's been there since the championship years. Mm-hmm. The guy with the glasses. Um, mm-hmm. They assigned him to be the trainer for the uh, Olympic team. Mm-hmm. He got a gold medal. And I believe it was Kobe. You could look it up. I, I don't. It was one of the best players on the team. Mm-hmm. They said he was a masterful trainer. Okay. He was a, and I guarantee he's still learning. You know right, the new. So I'm saying you could definitely be a master one right. day. That master don't equal perfect. Right. Or uh, maxed out. Right, it's right, just right. approach like an inexpendable asset to the team or organization. Yeah. To where when they look at Jessica. They can't, they really can't nitpick at anything. You're nitpicking at things because you want to strengthen yourself. Right, of course. But the people in your surrounding, the players, the coaches, the GMs, they can't. They look at you and say, "Damn, we got to keep her on the yeah. team." Right. You know, she she does a damn good job. Yeah. Um, I could see you getting to that level. Uh, I think you can too. I think it was just uh, like he said, you remaining humble and the standard of master being. Fucking uh, what's his name with the ball? The uh, Einsteinish. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even Einstein was fucked up in the head on certain things. Yeah, 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 most definitely. So yeah, so okay, so you looking to be a master craftsman, um, aspiring Houston Texans trainer, uh, Jessica Mayo. Is that? Mm. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Mayo. Jessica Mayo. Yeah. Mm. Houston Cougar. <laughs> cough, cough. Uh, <laughs> don't hate now, don't hate. Driven individual. So what what is your what is your psyche like when you wake up and you know wake up for a new day's work? What what kind of mentality do you have to be in? Um I mean, I think I have to wake up every single day and look at it as this is a new day. It's a new opportunity for me to go out there and prove myself. Um I definitely have to be positive because like I said, you know, I have to be able to spread that same kind of energy um, with the people that I work with, you know? So Mm. I definitely think that I wake up every single morning um, thinking about, you know, what it is that I have to do in order to get to that next level, what I have to do to push myself to be better, what I have to do to push myself to gain more knowledge and to be better in my craft um, and be positive and be able to infect the people that I work with with that positive and that same kind of energy. Mm. And with the athletes and injuries, do you have to kind of do like a mental overview before you walk in a facility or do you take it as you 
you you arrive. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think it also goes hand in hand with knowing knowing each individual athlete and knowing how they function. You know, some days somebody may need a hug, and some days somebody may need their ass kicked. You know, and the next day. So how do you do that? that I want to know how you kick an ass. You know, some some people are motivated in different ways, and right. some people are pushed in a, in, in a different way. Exactly. So you know, it, it also. I mean, I, I definitely have to be able to have that relationship with my athletes and know, um, you know, how their personalities work. You know, obviously, I, I bring my own personality to the table, but to be able to understand how somebody else operates and to be able to encourage them and influence them um, definitely is a big thing that I have to be able to do. So what would you say the biggest difference is now this is psychologically approaching these athletes. Okay. What would you say the biggest difference is from a high school scale to a collegiate level? What would you say? Just that few years from them being a yeah. UIL athlete to a Division One. We're going to go Division One since you went to U of H. One, you have to understand that there's a difference. You even did junior okay. college, right? I did. Okay. So um, you have to understand that there's a difference in co- in that in that competition level for mm-hmm. sure. You know, obviously the kids in high school, they're, they're competing at a certain level because they're trying to push themselves to get those scholarships to go to college, right? But the people in a college are pushing themselves because they're trying to make it to the pros and that's a goal that they've set for themselves and that's something that they want to do and that's what they want to achieve. Um, I think there's a difference in maturity level for sure. You know, obviously at a high school, you know, yeah, this is fun and this is, you know, something to occupy my time. It's an extracurricular activity. Um, But, you know, am I taking it as serious as I am when I'm in college? Maybe not to the same extent because when I'm in college, I'm taking it completely different because this is now something that I'm trying to make a job. This is something that I'm trying to be able to provide for my family. So, you know, there's obviously that difference in maturity level definitely between the two. Okay. So it's that maturity level and the seriousness of of the the sport at hand that they're, right. that they're participating mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, what would you, what kind of advice would you give at this point in your life? What kind of advice would you give to a young aspiring trainer, you know, freshman, sophomore in high school that's just now beginning their uh, training journey. What kind, what, 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 what do you want them to look out for in the near future? Um, I definitely say, you know, whatever goals that you set for yourself, you definitely have to continue to push for them no matter what obstacles come your way no matter what challenges you face being a female or a male it doesn't matter you know you have different obstacles and challenges that you're going to face so you have to be able to hit those things you know head on always come with a positive attitude be eager to learn have that eagerness and that willingness to want to do better want to be better within yourself um you know you can you can always improve, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm not perfect, you know, obviously I strive to be one of the best. Am I there yet? No. Um, but, you know, I can always be better. And so I definitely think that, you know, anybody coming up, continue to, you know, gain more knowledge, gain more experience, learn things, learn from your peers, network with individuals, because you never know what individuals you are working with mm. are going to be able to open some doors mm. for you later on down the road. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Um by the way, you're too serious, man. I'm serious about what I do because I'm very passionate about you're what I do. You're too serious. Hmm. Wow. I, if I show up to practice and she looking at me with the mean mug asking about my ankle, 
I'm looking for the other trainer. I'm just poking fun. That's fine, but at the end of the day, just, they I know you're not. Know I know you're not mean Jessica's mugging these taking, athletes. T- Jessica's taking things seriously, you know, and she's not here just to goof off, and she's not here to just look at all the athletes and be like, "Oh, who's gonna be my husband?" Like, no, oh, that's excuse not what me. I'm there for. Like, she went. She went to the. They look at me and they think that I'm, that you know, I'm strict or whatever. At least they know that I'm here for the right reasons, and at least they know that you know I take my job very seriously and. That's what I. That's that's the type of you know vibe I want to put out. You know mm. what? With you saying that, uh, is that somewhat of a defense mechanism due to being a, a a young lady? As we spoke on earlier, but is that a direct? Because I've seen trainers <laughs> like guys, you know, like the guy trainer just goofing off all the time and just over joking. Do you feel like you can't take it there due to who you are? You have to have this. You know, I'm about business. I think initially, approach. yeah, I definitely do because I need people to take me seriously. Because, like I said before, being a female in a male dominated sport, there's always going to be some stereotype. There's always going to be some type of judgments that's passed on me because I am a female in a male dominated sport. They're going to look at me and be like, why is she here? So, you're right. I am going to have to be a little bit stricter. I am going to have to hold myself to a certain level of professionalism because I need them to understand and respect me for what I do. Because just as much as you're out, here grinding for a scholarship or you're grinding to get drafted by the NFL, I'm out here on my grind as well. And I'm out here trying to prove myself to individuals so I can make it to the next level in my life, whether that be a professional or having my own company one day. So, you know, you're right. Yeah, I can joke off with my athletes and I can have fun, but I think that that comes with, you know, First, being able to d- establish that respect between one another and establish, um, you know, just that professionalism with them. Okay. Um, well, that sounds like another wise decision you're making. <laughs> um, story. Like I said, you seem pretty diligent, uh, very efficient in your approach to getting where you're trying to go. Um, Brian. Great head Good on your shoulders. Man. Appreciate it. <laughs> trying to improve. Yeah. Any any weaknesses that you can, you know, let us know you have that you're trying to uh, educate right now with yourself? I mean, I think one of my biggest weaknesses is that, like, I'm a yes person. So I'm constantly, you know, saying, yes, I can do this task. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can, you know, pick up this. Yes, I can do that. You know, so I'm constantly, you know, spreading myself a little bit too thin sometimes. But I think that the fact that one of my greatest strengths strengths that I'm very detail oriented allows me to be able to pay attention to the little details um, that goes into, you know, performing a task at its best and being able to get that done allows me to get one task done and then move on to another thing. So, you know, my weakness is probably that I say yes to a lot of things, but I think that that's a part of me wanting to, um, you know, establish that trust with the people that I work with. So that way they can depend on me and they can rely on me to do certain things. Well, that way they can depend on me and they can. Oh, and the Snapchat tells it all. Yeah, that sounded good. I had to to review what she was just saying on my Snap. It sounded pretty good. Uh, Well, I would say um, you answered every question as if I was hiring you. And uh, Hmm. as far as your livestock value. What's up? Where you think your value at right now? You, 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 your asset that should be in high demand. How do you feel about yourself right now? Um, 
I think it goes back to me being humble. I really, I really don't know if I could really Just put a take price the on humbleness it. You know, out. I can't. I really, but that's, but that's 10, me. But that's the thing. I can't a, really. I can't stop being who like, I am. But on a one to ten, <laughs> if yeah. we needed you, yeah. what would you be to our team? <laughs> Man, you're an what asset or a liability. What's good? Definitely are you an a asset. Seven? Most definitely, are I'm an asset. Eight? Are you definitely, a 6.5? I definitely would be like, you know, I, I think that, you know, I could be an eight. I definitely think that I'm an asset to the team. I definitely think that, you know, my skills and the things that I bring to the table are unlike, you know, another individual that you may be possibly hiring for the job. Um, you know, I'm always going to continue to push myself and to learn to be better. And I think that that's another great asset about me is that, you know, I'm not... I'm not content being where I am, and I'm going to always push myself to be better. Okay, so quick question. Um, how do you lose a training job? How do you how do you lose that type of Like, you get the job. How do you lose it? By not performing to, you know, the standards that they need you to perform at or not meeting, you know, the needs of what it is that they need you to do. You know, if I hire you and you, you hype yourself in an interview and you're not able to get the job done in the same way that you presented yourself. I mean, anybody can say the right things in an interview, right? I can say what it is that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you what it is that you need for your team. But if I'm not living up to those same expectations that I'm kind of setting for myself in that interview then, you know, that's how I'm going to lose a job. If I'm not doing the job and I'm not performing to, you know, the extent that you need me to perform at, obviously I'm going to lose the job. If I'm, you know, not following the policies and procedures of that company, I'm going to lose the job. Right, right. I meant, okay, you can do the ankles. You can, you, you don't mess with the athletes. Like, is there, you know, like a coach, you can get a team, overachieve with the team. You could take them to the playoffs and they weren't even a playoff team, and then they say, you know what, fuck it, we firing him, mm-hmm. we hiring him. You know, he did what was asked. He he actually overachieved and still got fired. So as a trainer, it seems as though if you do all of your tasks, it's a it's a high security. Yes and no. I mean, yes, if I'm doing what it is that I need to do, yes. But if I'm also not, um, you know, the athletes that are getting injured and I'm not rehabilitating them quick enough, maybe as the coach would like, or I'm not... um, I'm not showing progress with mm. the people that I'm working with, you okay, know? Okay, okay. Um, obviously, that's going to be something that rules me out. You know, if I okay. can't handle the injuries that are, you know, happening, if I have somebody with an ankle sprain and I'm not getting them back within a week or two um, and it's taking them three weeks, you know, and they didn't need surgery and there wasn't anything torn, you know, yeah. I'm going to look at that individual and be like, dang, is she able to really, like, get yeah. them back on the field? I yeah. need this person back on yeah. the field. So is she able to, you know, do what it is that she needs to do in order for me to be able to have them because now you're making me look bad or now, you know, you're affecting what it is that I'm trying to do. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I have to be able to do my job and it's not just working hard and having a great work ethic and being positive when I come to work. It's also being able to be able to produce that product and being able to show that, you know, yes, my knowledge is coming through. You know, I can be book smart all day, but if I don't know how to apply those things, you know, what am I really doing? It's worth okay. nothing. And what are your outlooks on Houston sports culture? You know, the basketball fans, teams, football fans, teams, baseball fans. Like, you know, growing up in the city of Houston, how do you feel about Houston as a as a, as a sports city? I love Houston, you know. I definitely, that's where I'm from. So, um, 
I definitely, I mean, I, I like all of the teams that, you know, I work with. You know, I like the Astros. I enjoy the Rockets. I enjoy the Texans. You know, I enjoy all of it. So, um, you know, I definitely would love to have an opportunity to work with any of those teams. You know, yeah, I said football earlier, that's my passion, but to be able to work with any of those teams and to be able to say that, you know, I'm from Houston, Texas, and now I'm working with, you know, some of these big sports in my city, I think would be an amazing opportunity. Hmm. Okay. So you think we have great fan bases out here? I do, you know. I mean, anytime that I've ever gone to a Rockets game, um, you know, an Astros game, whatever, you know, I definitely think that we have um, a big fan base. Could it be bigger? Of course it could. Any team could be have more fans, of course. But, you know, I think for what we do have in the city of Houston, I definitely think that a lot of people come out and show their love. Okay. Well, that's cool. I, I root for all the Houston teams. <laughs> uh Go Cowboys. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> with, with that being said, uh, Mark, you have any uh, departing words? Uh, no, no, no. That's it for now. Miss Jessica Mayo, you have any departing words you want to spread to the world out there? I just want to say thank you for the opportunity for uh, coming out here today and being able to speak and, you know, kind of share a little bit of my experience. I hope that, you know, my journey and some of the things that I've gone through um, help inspire somebody. Um, and, you know, definitely just go out there and be, you know, passionate and be positive about everything that you do. You know, don't ever stop growing and, you know, learning and trying to be the best that you can be. Well... Livestock's podcast really likes to thank you for helping us, you know, by showing up sure, and sure. answering the questions and giving the world and listeners along with us some insight on, you know, the day-to-day, year-to-year, you know, life of an aspiring trainer. True story. Ah, very helpful. Very helpful. And thank you. Thank you. We, no we won't get into the backstory on why we're really <laughs> thankful, but... Uh, no problem. Thanks. We appreciate no problem. it. Yeah. And... To you listeners, strengthen your strengths, educate your weaknesses. Livestocks, we out. All right. We're going to see.